Hey guys, Pastor David here. Uh, welcome to Victory Church. We're excited that you have uh, found us, that you're joining us today. We're a community of authentic, spirit-led Christ followers transformed to walk in victory. That is our vision here at Victory Church, and that is what we're praying will become a reality for us as a church here at Victory. So I'm glad that you guys found us. I'm glad that you're joining us today, and we're excited about kicking off this sermon here in just a moment. All right, guys. So so first off, I just want to I want to tell everybody to happy early New Year's. Um, so it, it is. It's, it's crazy to think that we have just now almost gotten through 2017, like a whole nother year that's gone. I hope everybody had a great Christmas. Uh, me and my family, we had a very good, very busy Christmas. Does anybody have a, a busy Christmas holiday season by any chance? Mine was, yeah, a few people. I mean, it's, it's very good, but it can be. It can very, be a very busy season. But uh, I got to spend a lot of time with family, got to spend time with my brother and his wife, was, which was especially good. We don't get many opportunities to see them. So that was always good. But as good as the Christmas season, the holiday seasons, whatever holiday it may be, as good as they are, they can be kind of crazy at times, right? I mean, they really can be. They're still good, but they can be kind of crazy. And if we're honest with ourselves, it's not just the holidays that can be crazy sometimes. Sometimes it may, it's just life in general that can be crazy, right? I mean, it's good, but life in general can be crazy, you know? And, it's, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm, I kind of think of life almost like that, that story of Alice in Wonderland, right, where you've got this character, Alice, and she's just constantly wondering all over the place in this place called Wonderland. She's constantly getting distracted. She's getting lured into these, like, meaningless ventures while she's trying to find her way home. And so often in life, it's kind of similar for us too, isn't it? I mean, so often in life, there's all these distractions. There's all these things that we're kind of lured into, you know, these like meaningless ventures. We end up kind of like running around in circles, chasing our tails, almost trying to, you know, chase after the little white rabbits of life rather than actually concentrating and focusing on the true meaning, the true purpose that we were created for in the first place. And so because of that, there's a question that I want us to dive into today. And this isn't just any question. This is a question that all other questions in life kind of hinge on. This is a question about what what drives you, what motivates you, what inspires you, what encourages you to get out of the bed in the morning to keep on moving with a certain purpose, with a certain uh, tenacity, in a certain direction, with a certain goal in mind. It's about what gives you peace. When your head hits the pillow at night and about what encourages you to keep on driving, even when life just gets just crazy, when, when the struggles in life get hard, it encourages you to keep on moving no matter what life may throw your way. What's the answer, your answer to the question that haunts some people but encourages other people, that, that refuses to allow some people to honestly progress in life while other people, it gives them that encouragement and that drive to put their hands to the plow with this insatiable tenacity to never give up, to never stop moving, to keep on going, no matter what life, what situations, what struggles may come their way. What is your reason? What is your focus? What, in the end, are you living for? What, in the end, are you personally living for? That's the question that we're going to be diving into today. The big idea today is you were created for more than what this life can offer. You were created for more than what this life can offer. And guys, when we honestly understand this, 
when we honestly understand that we were created for more than just this momentarily life right here, man, it doesn't matter what life throws at us, what struggles, what situations may come, we can know without a doubt what our meaning, what our purpose truly is, what we were truly created for. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for what you've done in our lives. I thank you for this year that you've given us in 2017. And I pray for this new year that we're going to be uh, diving into, that we're going to be stepping into here soon. And Father, I pray that uh, you just continue just pouring out your blessings. I pray that you continue just helping us to move in your direction, God. I, I pray that you continue just reminding us who we are and whose we are, God. Because ultimately, that's, that's what this is all about. It's all about what you have done for us, your gospel message. And I thank you so much for that. I pray that you just continually remind us of those things. I pray that we're continually transformed by those things. May we be a people that does not just remain stagnant, but just continually presses into you, continue just transforming by you, being transformed by you. And again, I I lift these people up, um, these still people back there that are praying um, for this girl. Whatever's going on in, in, in that situation, God, I just pray that you provide, again, supernaturally. We just lift her up. And I pray an anointing over this sermon and this time together. This is all about you, God. Holy Spirit, just flood this place. Just take over this sermon. In your incredible name, I pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're, the first text that we're going to be in today, we're going to kind of dive into this text is James chapter 4. So if you've got your Bible, go ahead and break it out. If you don't have it, that's okay. I think we're going to have the scripture up on the screen, but I'm going to read it for us. It's James chapter 4, verses 13 through 15. It says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will travel to such and such a city and spend a year there and do business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring, what your life will be, for you are like vapor that appears for a little while, then vanishes. Instead, you should say, if the Lord wills, We will live and do this or that. Man, how often do we get kind of bogged down by the here and now of life, by the craziness of life, the busy schedules? We're constantly going to and fro, constantly busy, getting wrapped up in our schedules, wrapped up up in the situations, the struggles in life, and just kind of get bogged down by these moments. Just got an okay signal, so things are going good. So thank you guys for praying. That's awesome. But... but, um, Man, we get bogged down by these things, the pressures in life a lot, right? And what happens in those moments, so often in those moments, we kind of feel like we're never going to get out of it. You ever have one of those moments, those seasons in life, where you feel like, man, it feels like this isn't going to end. You know, it feels like this day is just dragging on by. This week, this month is just dragging on by. It's almost like you can hear the clock just ticking, you know, tick, 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 like it's never going to end while you're in the middle of that situation, that struggle, that season in life. But what happens as soon as we get out of that season? What happens? We're able to look back. A lot of times we're able to laugh about it, and we can see it for what it truly was for what it truly was the entire time even when we were in the middle of it when we felt like it was never going to end we can finally see it for what it truly was the entire time which is just a season just a brief moment in time and the more time that goes by the more that we kind of see that it man that was just a brief period of time it kind of fades into the distance starts to get cloudy just a brief period a brief moment in time but in the same way guys our life is like that Our entire life here on this earth, right here, right now, is the same way. Just a brief 
moment in time. Sometimes it feels like it's never going to end. But I promise you guys, we are not promised tomorrow. This life does not last forever. Even in the middle of the situations, the struggles, the chaos that we go through, this life is just momentary. It is short. And James is reminding us of this in this text. He's reminding us of this. He's telling us, look, guys, you got to understand, this life is short. It's temporary. It doesn't last forever. I mean, it's not just short. It's not just, it's crazy short, especially in comparison to eternity. It is extremely short. He compares it to vapor. Here one moment, gone the next. Gone the next. That's how short this life is. That's why it's so important for us to stop worrying about so many things that we worry about in life. Our possessions, building up possessions, building up wealth, building up, you know, our little kingdoms here on earth. All these things that we focus our attention on. And I'm not saying that it's bad to, you know, want to save money or save up for retirement or all those things. I'm not talking about that. I'm not saying it's bad to have a schedule. Those things are good. They're needed. We are called to be a good steward of those things. But here's the thing. When your life revolves around those things... When that is your purpose, that is what your life revolves around it. Here's the thing, guys. If we store up our treasures here on earth, man, we ain't even promised tomorrow. You ain't even promised the next moment. It's about what we're honestly living our life for. And those things that we store up, man, we can't take those with us. We can't take those things with us. We're not created for this life, this momentary life of vapor anyways. I want to hone in on a certain verse here. James 4, um, verse 15. We just read this. I'm going to read this again. It says, Instead, you should say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. If the Lord wills, we will do this or that. And and don't miss what this text is saying here, okay? Especially in light of what it just said and what we just talked about. Again, we are not created for this momentary life of vapor. We are created for so much more than that. And then this verse right here, verse 15, it causes, it almost kind of forces us to go deeper with this. It shows us who truly is in control. Guys, we aren't in control. We are not in control. It is God that's in control. It says the Lord. That's Jesus Christ. He is the one that's in control, not us. And it also shows us who ultimately we are called to live our lives for. The Lord Jesus Christ. It's all about him. It's all about him. And there's a question that kind of stems from this. <clears throat> There's a question that stems from this. If, if our life is so momentary, like, like James is saying, he's saying it's like vapor, here one moment, gone the next. If that's what our life is, just very momentary in, in the scheme of eternity, then this question is, well, does anything that I do in life really have meaning and purpose? Like if this life is so short, does it really matter? What I do, I mean, is it as much power, wealth, possessions that I, you know, I could be the most powerful, wealthy uh, man in the world that ever lived, but it doesn't really matter if all this life ever is, is a life of vapor. And the answer to that question is no. No. Unless, and here's the thing, catch this, unless we are living for the one that gave us life in the first place unless we are living for the one that created this world in the first place, unless we are living for the one that offers us eternity, then and only then, when we are living our lives for Jesus Christ, does our life here in this life of vapor have any meaning or purpose to it. And not only that, then and only then, can the meaning and purpose that we find in this life actually have positive eternal repercussions, not just for the here and now, but for all 
of eternity. But that is only possible when we are living for Jesus Christ, the one that gave us life, the one that offers us eternity. And so as we dive into this question today, what am I living for? What am I living for? It should cause us to like look internally, almost kind of looking at the mirror, and ask ourselves, man, am I living for this life of vapor? Am I living for this life of vapor, or am I living for eternity? What am I living for? Because as Christians, guys, we got to get to the point where we start looking past the superficial layers of life and start realizing, man, we were never created for this life of vapor in the first place. We were never created for this life of frailty and sin. That was caused by us. That is not God's original design. We were not created for this life. We were created for something so much bigger, so much more than just this life of vapor. This life right here is just one small drop of water in the ocean of eternity. That's all that it is. That's all that it is. You're created for so much more. But in order for us to honestly grab hold of this concept and actually apply it to our lives, in order for us to honestly start living our lives in light of eternity, with that perspective of eternity, rather than living for this life of vapor, there's a few things that we got to first understand. The first thing is we were meant for something bigger than the here and now. We were meant for something bigger than the here and now. So I want you to imagine with me, okay? We're going we're gonna to kind of go somewhere in our heads together here, okay? I want you to imagine with me that you are at a beach. So put yourself at like your favorite beach, you know, or, or a beach that you've never been in but, but you would love to go to. Put yourself right there, you're barefoot, you step out into the sand, and it's not like that crazy hot molten lava, you know, sand where it's just burning the bottom of your feet off. I'm talking about like it, it feels great, it, it just, it's just, you can feel that sand beneath your feet, temperature is perfect, you're standing there, you're looking out at the mounds of sand everywhere, to your left, to, to your right, everywhere, out even going to the ocean, so many mounds of sand, to the left and to the right, it's going on for miles, and then you, you bend down, and you pick up one little speck of sand. And it's so small that you can barely even see it unless you really focus and you look at that one little tiny speck of sand. That little speck of sand is your life from the time you were born until the time that you leave this world. That one tiny speck of sand represents your life. And all of the other specks of sand that makes up these mounds going on from miles to the left, to the right, out to the ocean, that is eternity. That's eternity. Guys, we were created for something so much bigger, so much longer than the here and the now. You were not just created for this life of vapor. You were created for something so much bigger than this. And that's why it's so important for us to understand, man, when we're gathering up, you know, possessions or wealth or power or whatever it may be, rather than building up our kingdom, rather than being concentrating on ourselves and our life of vapor, realizing in those moments, man, there is something so much bigger than this. We are not created for this tiny life and vapor, for just the here and the now. Those things, again, we, we can't even take those things with us. Rather than storing up treasures, so to speak, in the here and now, we should be focusing on what really matters. What really matters. You were created for eternity. 
Don't put all of your attention, all of your energy, all of your time into that tiny speck of sand. Put your energy, your attention, and your focus into that whole vast, the mounds worth of sand, the mounds worth of eternity. We were created for so much more. Let's check out a, a text here, Luke chapter 12, verses 13 through 21. <clears throat> it says, someone from the crowd said to him, and they're talking to Jesus, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Friend, he said to him, who appointed me a judge or arbitrator over you? He then told him, watch out and be on guard against all greed, because one's life is not in the abundance of his possessions. Then he told them a parable. A rich man's land was very productive. He thought to himself, what should I do since I don't have anywhere to store my crops? I will do this, he said. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones and store all my grain and my goods there. Then I'll say to myself, you have many goods stored up for many years. Take it easy, eat and drink and enjoy yourself. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is demanded of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? Whose will they be? That's how it is with the one who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Guys, the only treasure that we will have in the next life is the treasure that we build up, that we store up for the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God. Not the treasure that we store up for this life. We can't take that with us. We need to be there and then focused, not here and now focused. It's about eternity. It's not just about this life of vapor. The next thing that we have to understand, if we truly want to start living our lives in light of eternity, with that perspective of eternity, rather than for this life of vapor, is the fact that we are meant to build up God's kingdom, not our own. We are meant to build up God's kingdom, not our own. Guys, we have to understand that everything in this world, everything in this life belongs to God. There's absolutely nothing in this world, in our lives, that honestly belongs to us. Nothing. Even the breath in your lungs, the air in your lungs does not belong to you. We are living on borrowed air, people. It all belongs to God. The churches, this church, any other church uh, that, that is in existence, it doesn't belong to the elders, doesn't belong to the pastors, doesn't belong to the leaders. It is God's church. It is Jesus Christ. He is the one that is ultimately in control. This is not my church. This is not my stage. This isn't even my sermon. The only thing that I can take credit for are the mistakes that are made. That's it. This is all about God. It's all about him. And as soon as we lose focus, as soon as we forget that, as soon as we allow things like a clock or a schedule or a time frame or our desires, anything to take precedence over the God of the universe and what he wants to do and what the Holy Spirit wants to do through us, then we've started to lose focus of the true reason and purpose that we're gathering together in the first place. It's to build up his kingdom, not to build up our kingdom. It's about what he wants to do through us. Guys, the things that we build up here and now, they're going to stay here and now. They're going to stay here and now. They're not going to be there and then. We have to be there and then focused, eternity focused with Jesus Christ. And guys, the, the kingdom that we're called to build up, it's not just the church. It doesn't just stop here at the church. You realize that, right? It's not just about building up the church. God's kingdom he, he, God came down, Jesus Christ came down to save mankind. The Holy Spirit lives in us. Jesus Christ gave us the great commission to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing men, them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
We are called to build God's kingdom everywhere that we go. Everywhere that we go. Guys, we are the hands and feet of Jesus. We're the hands and feet. We are called to be the representation of Christ everywhere that we go, no matter if it's in your workplace, if it's in your home, if it's at your school, if it's at the grocery store, no matter where you go. You are the hands and feet of Jesus. You are a representation of Jesus Christ to the world around you. The extent to which God will use you will only be limited, will only be limited by your lack of faith or your lack of obedience. The extent to which God will use you will only be limited by your lack of faith or your lack of obedience. We serve the God of the impossible, and absolutely nothing is impossible for him. Absolutely nothing. And we can't just bring these excuses to God and say, I can't do this because of this. Because I'm going to tell you something. Nothing is impossible for him. There's absolutely nothing that he cannot do. If you struggle with speaking and you're like, how can I make a disciple? I can't even speak. Man, Moses had the same problem. If you struggle with a rocky past, you did bad things in your life. Man, so did Matthew, the guy that wrote the gospel of Matthew. If you struggle with fear in your life and you feel like that's crippling, so did Peter. If you think you have a busy schedule, then so did Paul. If you think you had a hard life, all these things have been done to you, you're like, how can this ever be used for the glory of God? How can these things in my life that have been done to me, the bad things that have been hurt, how can it ever be used for good and for God's kingdom? You might want to read the story of Joseph. Guys, we have no excuses. He is the God of the impossible. We serve the God of the impossible. Absolutely nothing is impossible for him. We as the children of God, we have to rise up. We have to become the more than conquerors that we have been created to be through Jesus Christ. Rather than using excuses and saying having all these excuses in life about how we can't build up the kingdom of God, it's time for us to stop using all these excuses and realize there is nothing impossible for him. We serve the God of the impossible. He lives in us and wants to work through us. And we are called to build up his kingdom, not our own. Not our own. The last thing that we have to understand, if we truly want to start living our life in light of eternity, rather than for this life of vapor, is the fact that we are called to grow in the likeness of Christ, not in the likeness of this world. We are called to grow in the likeness of Christ, not in the likeness of this world. Man, it's been said several different times by several different people, and I think we've probably all heard this at some point in our life, that we become like the people that we hang out with the most. We become like the, the, the people, the main people that we hang out with the most. And I've, I think we probably all noticed that at some point in our life. Um, I've, I've even noticed, man, like I've got friends that maybe have a, more of like a southern accent. And if I start spending a lot of time with them, I've noticed that my accent will start changing a little bit. Not a lot, but I mean, it, it's like, wow, you know, it's just amazing. Even these things, these like we think they're insignificant, these small little things, how they can change, how they can like affect and impact our personality, different things that are going on in the moment if we're not careful. You know, I'll never forget when I was in the Marines, there were um, these guys, some friends of mine, they came in probably about a year after um, I uh, went in and they were from Boston. And the thing about these guys is you could, if they were in a room, everybody knew it. Everybody knew it. Like these guys were loud, they were proud, and they were not ashamed, right, to say it. If they were mad, everyone in the room knew it. If they were unhappy about something, everyone in the room knew it. If they were excited, which they were excited pretty much all the time, everyone in the room knew about it. And it was amazing. These guys had this incredible ability to just kind of raise, kind of amp up the energy level 
in the room. You couldn't step into that room without being affected by it. I mean, everybody knew it. It was amazing. So if you walked into that room that they are in, and you're struggling with like, man, I just don't have a lot of motivation. I'm just kind of, I don't know if I can do this right now. Kind of feeling down. If you walked into that room, man, by the time you leave that room, you were going to be impacted by that, that, that energy level that, that they were creating in that room to the point that you're going to be ready to like run a marathon or something. I mean, it was crazy. These guys affected the energy level in the room, and it was contagious. It was contagious. And not just with me, so many of us felt the impact that those guys had around us. And guys, it's the same way when we hang out with Christ-like people. When we spend our time with Christ-like people, guess what's going to happen? We're going to become more Christ-like people. Because we become more like the people that we hang out with the most. Now, this doesn't mean that we can't hang out with people. We can't spend time with people that aren't Christians. All right, that's just ridiculous. I mean, that, that goes against the, the Great Commission to, to make disciples of Jesus Christ. In order to make disciples of Jesus Christ, you actually have to spend time with people that don't know Jesus, right? So we can spend time with people that don't know Jesus Christ. You can hang out with them. You can have friends that don't know Jesus. But here's the thing that we have to understand, okay? If you, if you don't actually do life with any of your Christian brothers or sisters. If you uh, don't actually go and, and, as James 5.16 says, confess your sins to another Christian brother or sister, pray for each other. If you're not spending that time together, if whenever you need advice in your life, you are going to your friend over here that doesn't even know Jesus rather than your friend with Jesus, then, man, who are you kidding? Who are you kidding? Man, it's no wonder that so many people get saved, so many Christians get saved, but then they end up going right back to the things that they struggled with before. And it's almost like there's no change in their life. I'm going to tell you something, man. If you struggle with something like addiction before you were saved, and as soon as you get saved, you go right back to those friends that you were hanging out with, doing the same things that you did before. Don't sit there wondering why you can't kick that habit that you still have. I mean, a lot of this stuff is common sense, man. We become like the people that we hang out with the most, the things that we invest our time and our energy into. And it's the same thing with anything. It doesn't matter if it's addiction or whatever the struggle is, whatever it may be, man. Man, God has got radical transformation for so many people, so many people. But so many people never receive that transformation that God has for their life because they won't actually move in God's direction or in the direction of God's people. So many people, because we won't move in God's direction or in the direction of his people. And guys, I know that life is hard, man. Life is hard for every single one of us. Every single one of us go through hardships, through struggles, through trials in life. But what we have to understand is through the hardships in life comes growth. Through the pain comes strength. Through the adversity comes sheer determination that pushes you farther than you ever thought possible. If the only time that you honestly strive for Christ or for his people is when it's easy or in the most convenient time of the week, if that's the only time that you honestly strive for Jesus Christ or for his people, then I'm going to tell you something, man. When life, the pressures of life start weighing you down, when, when those schedules, the struggles, or whatever else, they, they, they become almost more than you can handle, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You're going to fall right on your butt. Your head's going to be spinning so much so that you can't even pick yourself up. Guys, that is true for every single thing in life. Why in the world would we think that's not true for our Christian faith? We have to constantly 
He's spending time with Jesus Christ in the Word, praying and spending time with His people on a consistent basis. We have to be stretched. We have to be pushed. We have to learn to lean into God through those heavy loads of life in order to continue growing in our gifts and our blessings and in our anointing. Man, God wants to do something in your life. He wants to use you. He wants to work in and through us, every single one of us as Christians. But we're, gonna ne- we're never going to know what God wants to do in our life, through our life, by simply sitting at home waiting for something to happen or by allowing the pressures, the circumstances, the struggles in life to weigh us down, man. We're never going to know that. It's something we have to ask ourselves as we're going through life. On a consistent basis, we should be asking ourselves is, what have I done for the kingdom lately? What have I done for the kingdom of lately? And I'm not talking about your kingdom. I'm talking about the kingdom of God. What have you personally done for the kingdom of God lately? That is a question that should be on every single one of our hearts and our minds as Christians on a consistent basis. Guys, the gospel doesn't just invite us to move in God's direction. It demands that we move in God's direction. And not just for, you know, an hour and a half once a week. You know, on a consistent basis, guys. Every day, every single day of every single week, moving in God's direction building relationships with his people, surrounding ourselves with his people, knowing that we were building up his kingdom, not our own. We're the hands and feet of Jesus. And rather than just talking about the cross of Christ, we should be actually displaying the cross of Christ, showing the things that we have been crucified to, the things that we have died to in our life, the struggles, the hardships, the different things that God has brought us through, the sins that we have died to in our life. Paul said it best in Galatians 2.20 when he said, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Guys, as we approach this new year, I want to encourage you to remember that you are meant for something so much bigger than just the here and now. So much bigger than just the here and now. Remember that you're meant to build up God's kingdom not your own. And remember that you were called to be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ, not into the image of this world. As we enter into 2018, ask yourself, man, what am I honestly living for? What am I living for? Am I living for this life of vapor? Or am I honestly living for eternity? I want to invite the worship team up. As if you've been going through your life, going through some different motions, building up different things, worrying about this life, possessions, wealth, whatever it may be, relationships. And God has kind of been stirring in your heart and he's been speaking this to you for a while now. Man, I I need to kind of take this more seriously in my life. I need to realize what, what I'm honestly living for and what I'm called to live for. If God is stirring in your heart, then I want to encourage you today, don't wait. Don't wait. Let today be the day that you honestly start living for what truly matters. It's not this life of vapor. Guys, we're not promised tomorrow. We're not even promised the next moment. My plan after church today is to go home with my wife and my kids to eat lunch and relax. Is that going to happen? I have no clue. I have no clue. I don't know what's going to happen. We're not promised the next moment. So I want to encourage you, if, if God has been stirring on your heart, 
And if you're ready to honestly start living in light of eternity, rather than this life of vapor, don't wait for this moment. I'd love to talk with you. I'd love to pray with you. you can pray right where you're at. But I want to encourage hey guys, first off, I just want to say thank you for joining us today for the sermon. And uh, whether you're somebody that's come to our church or you're somebody that lives locally, you go to another church, maybe you don't even live here. Um, I just want I just want to say first and foremost, thank you for joining us. And uh, I, I want to encourage you to, to respond in some way today because, you know, when we hear a sermon, when we read the Bible, when we, um, whatever it may, may be, the point of that is, um, for God to speak to us in some way, shape, or form. And so if you are a Christian, um, you've been a seasoned Christian, you know the Lord already, then the way that we can respond is just by, you know, asking Him, God, what do you want me to do with the convictions that you're giving me uh, based on this sermon, the way that you're speaking to me? What do you want me to do? And then respond to that. Maybe it's an area of your life that you've been holding on to um, and, and you haven't been giving it to Him. And I want to encourage you to give that to Him and step out in faith. Or maybe if it's, um, you know, some unbelief that you've had and, and God has really convicted you of some things. Um, you know, whatever it may be for you, it's different for everyone. I want to encourage you to respond to God and, and step in His direction. And, and the other thing too is if, if you are somebody that maybe you've listened to this and you've never responded to that gospel message, you've never been, been impacted by that gospel message, but now something is happening, God is kind of stirring in your heart and in your mind a little bit, then I want to encourage you to step out in faith, respond to that gospel message. And throughout the book of Acts, um, Acts tells us our history as a church. Uh, it shows us that you know what that response looks like. So number one is to repent. And this word repent, all that means is just to turn from, you know, our sinful ways, our sinful desires, you know, turn from making ourself God and all these other things in life, God, and turn to God and just give Him our life. Um, and, and then on top of that response, after the repentance, there comes something else. It's called baptism. And baptism is so key, it's so important. It's seen all throughout um, that book and Acts and, and the importance and significance of it. Um, it's the symbol of death to the old self and, and then um, birth to uh, this new life in Christ. And we're, 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 uh, we die with Christ to the old self and we are raised with Christ to, to walk in this new life. And it's a command from Jesus. So I want to encourage you, if you have made that commitment to Christ, if you've stepped out um, and you are wanting to follow Christ, then I want to encourage you to take that next step and be baptized somewhere. Whether it's if you have a local church that you want to go be baptized at, I encourage you to do that. Um, if you don't have a church, we would love to be able to celebrate that with you um, here. But I encourage you first and foremost to do that, to, to talk with someone, um, to get counsel on what this means, to seek discipleship as well. So. Um, I encourage you to do those things. We would love to talk with you. We are praying for you. I want you to know that you are loved and you are prayed for. So if you're ready to take that next step in your relationship with Christ, um, and if you want to take that next step with us, then we, are, we, we would welcome you with open arms. And so there's some links that we're going to provide below for you. Uh, please check that out. Um, and again, if you, if you have any prayer requests, um, please contact us. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to talk with you. And we're excited about taking this next step with you.